Hey, how is it going, people of the sports world? This is Gibson Sports. I'm Eric Gibson, and it is 9-10-2021. I know the date. I know the date today. I'm very familiar with the popular vine, obviously, my friends. I don't really show it too much on this podcast, but I am like, oh, my God. We, we just make the stupidest jokes. We we talk about these stupid memes we found on Instagram all the time. Like, I'm not talking, okay, like relatable memes, all right? I'm sorry. I know a lot of people are into relatable memes. I just, I'm so over them at this point. I kind of think, you know, they're kind of cringy, right? <laughs> I just think they're kind of cringy. And so we, we always say, oh, you stupid. No, I'm not. What's nine plus ten? Don't we say that over and over and over again? We talk about the big spoon vine. We talk about all these things that we remember when we were like 12 years old, these stupid vines that we liked for some reason about a week ago, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just completely absurd humor that we have. It's absolutely ridiculous. I know I don't show too much on this podcast. I generally have a more reserved humor here, but it's just because many people don't really get my humor. Like seriously, like so many people don't understand it. I'm sorry. I, I know you probably want to listen to sports here. Last night was the start of the NFL season. You probably want me to get to that. But just a real quick just uh, uh, anecdote, if you will, here. So when I was up in Alaska, essentially what happened for the first week, that was our training. And about four or five other groups were with us, with, with my group. So there were like a total of 22 kids there. And so all about my age, about 20 to 23 years old, probably. And so basically when we did our EMT training, there was something that we did where one of our partners, we got into groups of three and then one of our partners would go out and she had makeup and and stuff to kind of put on their faces and whatnot. And like she told them to like walk with a limp or have their shoulders slouched over or something like that. You know, it's an EMT class. It's, it's wilderness EMT. So obviously it's for medical training. And so our, our goal was to figure out what their issues were. Like, could they state their name? Do they know what the date is? Do they know where they are? And then look at their body, what's going on with it. So like, do they have a broken clavicle or are they, you know, something up with their head or what's going on? Do they get a concussion or whatever? And so as a joke, when my friend who went out, who was in our group and, and went out there, like what, what our teacher told us to ask them was what's their social security number. Now I found that kind of funny because like, why would you ever tell anyone your social security number? So I'm not sure if I'd ask someone that I'd probably ask them like, do you know where you are or do you know what day it is or something along those lines? But anyway, she kept telling us to ask them what their social was. And because of that, I just thought it was kind of funny. And so one of the kids, so the kid that went out there and was getting the makeup put on him and everything, he was completely familiar with my humor and loved it. The other kid in the group, though, was not. He totally did not understand my humor at all. So as a joke, I I said to him, like, oh, yeah, so when we go over there, we should ask – I'm not going to mention names here, but we should ask him 
uh, what his social security number is, credit card number, three digit code on the bag, expiration month, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Like as a joke, obviously, like, you know, you're not going to ask for all their information. And he just didn't get it. He did not understand my joke there. He just looked at me like I was insane. Like I was about to steal someone's identity. I So he, he just completely didn't get it. A lot of people don't get my humor. That's why I don't have this humor on this podcast. But yeah, I think it's hilarious. I think it's absolutely hilarious. All these like stupid vines. Not, not even necessarily for the vine itself. Just that like the fact that we laughed at someone like asking what's 9 plus 10 and 21. And so I don't know. I think it's hilarious. I know many of you probably don't care at all about what I just said there. So I may leave a timestamp in the description of this podcast if you just want to skip ahead to the real sports stuff but anyway just something i want to mention real quick because it is a special day right it's 9 10 21 i just felt like i had to mention that so anyway let's talk about the game last night between the buccaneers and the cowboys what a great game what a great game to start off with to start the season off with 31-29 was the final score with the Buccaneers here in Tampa Bay. Fantastic game. So first, I want to give the stats for both quarterbacks here. So Tom Brady went 32 of 50, 379 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. And Dak went 42 of 58, 403 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Now, I've mentioned before how stats 100% lie. They totally do. Don't listen to anyone. Stats definitely lie. When you look at those stats, you'll think, oh, two picks for Brady and one for Dak. You know, I mean, one pick, that's not terrible. Obviously, even great quarterbacks have one interception, but then two picks for Brady, like, oh my God, that must be bad. Well, one of those picks was just a drop by Leonard Fournette. He just dropped it. It landed right in a Cowboys spread basket. That's exactly what happened. So it was really just handed to the Cowboys defender by Leonard Fournette. So that one I don't count. And then the other interception was on a Hail Mary right before the end of the half that Tom Brady threw. So I'm not going to count that one either. I don't think either of those two picks were really Brady's fault. So take that with a pinch of salt. But even Dak too. Okay, sure. It was a tough catch for CeeDee Lamb. I get that, but you're an NFL receiver, CeeDee Lamb. Sorry, you have to catch those passes. It was right in his hands. Should have caught it. So that that I don't blame Dak Prescott for that interception either. Now, there were a couple throws here and there by Tom Brady and Dak that could have been picked off, but I always give a couple throws for every single quarterback. Any quarterback to play in an NFL game is going to throw a few passes that could be picked off. My worry is when it starts getting up there to like you're throwing six passes per game that could have been picked off. But uh, all quarterbacks, I see this all the time. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Mahomes, if you're Brady, if you're Aaron Rodgers, whoever you are. All those quarterbacks throw at uh, probably around two throws that could be picked off that could possibly get picked off that's just what happens so you know take all this stuff with a pinch of salt these are all nfl players these are all pro players i mean it's so difficult it's so difficult to be a quarterback in the nfl and again those three picks by both those quarterbacks i did not think was their fault there are a few others that i was kind of worried about that could have been intercepted by both quarterbacks but 
I'm not going to get mad at them for that. I see that in every single NFL game to ever exist, no matter how good the quarterback is. But still, this was a great game to start off the season. And I'm seeing a lot of this. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of, are the Bucks not as good as we thought, or are the Cowboys better than we thought? I think they're both about exactly what we think that they are. We think we think coming into this this season, right, that the Bucks are the best team in the NFL, and everyone knows that. And then the Cowboys are probably about above average. I think everyone kind of agrees on that, maybe slightly above average for the Cowboys. And generally speaking, the Cowboys are predicted to be the NFC East winners, but that's again, that's not really saying much. I mean, let's be honest here. NFC East is easily the worst division in football. So I think we all kind of agree. Dallas Cowboys, slightly above average. The Bucs are the best team in the NFL, especially when you just look at their roster. So many people are saying that maybe like one of those things are possible where the Bucs aren't as good as we think and the Cowboys are better than we think. I don't think so. I think they're both exactly what we think that they are. Seriously. Think about this. <laughs> think about this. The Buccaneers last night, okay, had three turnovers, or sorry, four turnovers. I don't, I don't know why I said three there, but uh, four turnovers. Now, again, two of those were interceptions that on throws that really shouldn't have been picked off, or I guess the Hail Mary it should have been picked off, but it's a Hail Mary. I mean, that, that just happens. So, you know, cut them some slack for that, but still. The, even if you don't count the, the, those uh, interceptions, the Buccaneers still had two turnovers and the Cowboys only had one. So the Bucs still had more turnovers overall. So the Bucs had more turnovers. They had 11 penalties for 106 yards. They lost the time of possession. Cowboys had the ball for 3 minutes, 27 seconds. The Bucs had it for 25 minutes, 33 seconds. So that that's a big di- like that. That's a big difference there. Like the Cowboys had the ball for a lot longer. The Bucks had 52 rushing yards out of 14 carries. It's only 3.7 yards per carry. Brady was forced to throw the ball 50 times. One of their tur- turnovers happened late in the fourth quarter by Chris Godwin, who was about to score and fumbled the ball into the end zone, and one of the Cowboys picked it up. They had 24 first downs, while Dallas had 30, and the Buccaneers won the game. Think about that. All of that happened. If you just looked at the box score and did not look at the actual score, you'd think that the Cowboys won. This shows me that the Bucks can win in so many ways. And even when they're down, they're not out. And that that's the big difference here. And that's why I still think that the Bucks are as good as we think. I, I seriously do. I don't think they've fallen off a cliff at all. I think this was just an off game from the Buccaneers. Let's go back to last year. I remember the Chiefs game when they faced the Chargers, their their first game against the Chargers in Los Angeles. They won in overtime. Like we kind of forget that. Like it was a pretty close game and I think the final score was like 23 to 20. Like it wasn't like a crazy oh shootout type deal. No, that, that's not what happened. But did you ever think in that game last year that the Chiefs were going to lose? I didn't. I knew they would eventually win because they're the more talented team. Same thing happened here. Even though this game was close and was back and forth for the most part, 
did any of us have any doubt the Buccaneers are going to win? No. I never had any doubt. Especially when they got the ball back with a minute 24 and the Cowboys were only able to kick a field goal to go up by one point. I was like, that's it. The Buccaneers just won the game. Why do we think that? Because all the mistakes made by the Bucs in last night's game were small mistakes that can be corrected. And they were corrected last year. Remember how out of sorts they were at the beginning of the year last year? They were the most penalized team. They had some drops. They, they had a dropping ball problem. Their defense wasn't playing as well as, as it should based off the players that they had. Remember that? Then it all got fixed by the end of the season. They had 11 penalties. That's not the Tom Brady method. He'll fix that. They had four turnovers. Two were fumbles. Fumbles are, are kind of lucky. Like, let's be honest. Like, sure, it's great that the defense hit the ball out, but fumbles don't happen all the time, and they are kind of random. All these are minor mistakes. And the drop pass by Leonard Fournette that was picked off. That's just a minor mistake. That's why we all just expected the Bucks to win in the end, even though it was kind of a back-and-forth game. I never at all thought the Cowboys would win in the end. So that, that's the big thing. If Chris Godwin didn't fumble the ball in the fourth quarter and he scored a touchdown instead, the Bucks would have won very fair and square, probably by two scores. So you can say what you want. I think the Buccaneers and the Cowboys are exactly what we thought they were, 100%. I think the Bucs just had a little bit of an off game that had a few too many penalties, a few too many small mistakes that ended a drive or caused an interception or a fumble or something along those lines. Those things can be corrected. They were corrected last year. They can be corrected this year. That's why I, I, I don't really take this win, or sorry, this close win for the Bucks against the Cowboys for granted. I think that this is, this is just something that is going to happen. A little bit for the Bucks at the start of the year. That's what I think is going to happen. And that's okay. I still think they're as good as we thought. And I think the Cowboys are also as good as we thought, not as good as the Bucks. that means. So let's shift to the Cowboys now. So I think the Cowboys, I, was, I want to say this first, actually. Dak Prescott pleasantly surprised me. I was a little worried about the injury. And last year, no, like seriously, in like every single game, they would let the other team go ahead by like 20 points and then they'd be playing catch up the entire time and they wouldn't be able to win. The only time where they did win when that happened was when they faced Atlanta, who gave up that off onside kick that was just absolutely ridiculous. So I was kind of worried that that'd be kind of the same thing that happened here. They get behind, then they'd be trying to get caught up, but that's a great Bucks defense they're facing. But no, they kept pace with the Bucks the entire time. And Dak Prescott kept pace with Tom Brady the entire time. And that, that's what was so great 
about what I saw from Dak, you know? But there is an issue. There is definitely an issue here. And it's it's not a good one. It really isn't. I know Cowboys fans are going to be looking at this loss like, oh, well, you know, many people thought we'd get blown out. Vegas was at like nine and a half by the start of the game for the Bucks winning. Like many people thought we were going to get blown out. And we didn't. And it was a close game. And the Bucks won on a game-winning field goal. That's great. So, you know what? It's looking good for the Cowboys. Okay. So, I was pleasantly surprised by Dak. I'll give you that. But I wasn't shocked by what happened here. And again, like I said, I still think the Cowboys are what we thought they were. A slightly above average team. They'll probably win the division just because the division isn't very good. So, why do I think this? Dak threw the ball 58 times. 58 times. Okay? Zeke, oh my God. Not good. Not, not good. He's more of a blocker now, I think, than a running back. Seriously, he, I mean, he was just not good. Let's be honest. As a running back, he was not good last night. Now, I, I get that it's the Bucks defense, and the Bucks last year were best against the run, but still, th- this is this is just not good. Now, the defense did force four turnovers. Those two fumbles, okay, I'll give you that. I do think there is some luck involved, but I'll give you those. But the two interceptions, let's be honest, it was on a you know dropped pass and a Hail Mary. Now, I'll give him credit for catching that drop pass because I do think that that is something that the great defenses do. When they're given the opportunity, they don't waste it. Like, they don't drop interceptions. And when there's a ball on the ground, they jump on it as quickly as possible. That's what the great defenses do. So I'll give him credit there. But still, it's a drop pass. You know what I mean? And it was on a Hail Mary. You're supposed to intercept it on a Hail Mary. The other thing is with that 58 times that Dak threw, what does that tell me? They're completely dependent on him. Last year, the Steelers were completely dependent on Big Ben. Okay, it worked for 11 games, right? But we all know what happened after. Got blown out by the Browns in the wild card round. Looked awful the final month of the year last year. We all, we all remember that. Because Big Ben had no running game. It was all him and his receivers. You cannot be one-dimensional like that. It's my same issue with Lamar Jackson, except the opposite way. Sometimes I think they get a little bit too run-centric to the point where they're a one-dimensional offense. I think you can do more with a passing quarterback than a running quarterback, but you still need a running game. You still need that. Or else... All teams are going to do is just defend the receivers with everything that they have. And eventually you just can't do anything. No one's getting open. So that's my issue with the Cowboys. I think all these teams that they face are going to do everything they can to stop the pass. And they're not going to worry about the run. And they won't have to. Because Zeke is just not who he once was. And that O-line is not what it once was either. It truly isn't. I know... That Dak didn't get sacked, but 
I was watching that game last night. Again, oh, okay, he got sacked once. Sorry, he did get sacked once. But outside of that, you know, getting sacked once is pretty normal, and it's not too many sacks. But still, Dak was pressured the whole time. If you watch the game, you'd see that he was pressured pretty much the whole time. Now, obviously, there's a few times where he wasn't. But I was watching him run around trying to make a play happen. And to his credit, he did. He pleasantly surprised me in that regard. He did. But is that sustainable? Did you see Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. What many people consider to be the best quarterback right now. Did you see him in the Super Bowl when he was running away from that Bucks defense? No one was getting open. I mean, what, what can you do? What can you do as a quarterback at that point? That's my problem with the Cowboys. I think they're too one-dimensional on offense. I think that's going to be the biggest issue. I think that's going to be their downfall. They're going to get into a tons of shootouts, and they're going to come up just short at some point because they have no running game. They can't bleed the clock. That's what I think is going to happen. Luckily for them in this game, the Buccaneers also didn't have the best running game. So that's good. Maybe their defense is good at stopping the run. The Bucs are a good running team, so... Maybe their defense has improved some things. We'll see. We'll see moving forward. If they if they can get their defense together, at least that's something. At least that's something for the Cowboys. I just worry about the running game. I just don't know if they can do very well. I really don't. But we'll see. We'll see moving forward. Again, I think both these teams are about what we thought they were, to be completely honest. I know some people are thinking the Bucks aren't as good. The Cowboys are better than we thought. I don't think either of those things. I think they are what we thought they were. So let's move on now and talk a little bit about Cam Newton. So Cam Newton came out and made a YouTube video with his dad where he basically came out and discussed some things. He discussed why he was released or at least why he thinks he was released and just some of his thoughts and feelings on the Patriots and why they released him. So he came out and he essentially said that it was his aura, all right? That That's why he was released. You know, he's very extravagant. He, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. And he knew that that would be bad, at least he was thinking anyway, that Bill Belichick thought that would be bad if he was a backup quarterback, that he'd be kind of a distraction. And I don't think Cam Newton is wrong in that regard. I think, actually, he's completely right there. But... This isn't Cam Newton. If you want to get a new job, shouldn't have said that. You should not have said that. So first of all, I want to say this. I mentioned this before on this podcast. I believe that people can change their belief systems. People can change their thoughts and feelings on things or biases and all that kind of stuff. I believe people can do that. I've done that in my life. I've seen many people do that in their lives. The one thing, I have never seen anyone change with themselves is who they are in their heart. I've never seen that. The the people that I've met who are kind of mean people, I I meet them 10 years later, they're still kind of mean, kind of obnoxious. The people I met who are nice and kind and funny, years later, they're still nice and kind and funny. Now, I've said before that I think when you're really young, you know, something like 10 years old or something, you have a lot of energy, you know, you're just, 
you're immature, right? So that maturity may limit some things a little bit more. Like maybe if you were just loud and funny before, now you're just funny <laughs> when, when you're in your mid twenties into your thirties or whatever, you know, maturity kind of slows down some things, maybe dims some things down. But outside of that, every, I remember. So I mentioned before I had a friend that I met in eighth grade and now we're sweet mates right now. He's actually right in the other room. So I, I met him in eighth grade and then I, I didn't see him from, for all my high school years, right? So the four years of high school, and then I met him like two months into my freshman year of college. When I met him again, he was pretty much the exact same person I remember. Seriously. People don't change who they are inside, but people can change their beliefs, their thoughts, their feelings, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I don't blame Cam Newton for that. Because I don't think that he can change his aura. And I think he's completely right that Bill Belichick was like, no, this is going to be a distraction if you're the backup quarterback. I completely agree there. And I don't think Cam Newton can really change that about himself. I think that's who he is as a person. He's someone that does wear his emotions on his sleeve. He's someone that does wear these crazy outfits and all that kind of stuff. That's what he wants to do. And I don't think he can change that about himself. I think he wants to be different. He wants to be unique. He wants to, I don't want to say like he wants attention, like he's begging for attention or anything, but like, you know, he does want to be noticed, right? I think that's just who he is. So I'm not blaming Cam Newton for that. But... If he's truly still into football and still wants to play football, he shouldn't have said that. That leads people to think, oh, well, okay, so your aura is that. So you're never, that, that's just who you are, right? You're never going to change that. It'd be maybe different if Cam Newton was a really good quarterback. But last year we saw him. He had his worst year last year. He was not a good quarterback. And because of that, I think that's just going to put teams off because not only is he not good enough to be a starter, he also wears his emotions on his sleeve. He can be kind of bright and, and loud and, and stuff like that. And that's not good when you're trying to teach a young quarterback how to play the game of football. That's why the Patriots kicked him out. And I'm sure that there's going to be a quarterback that gets injured and Cam Newton will be signed eventually. But that's the only chance he has of getting signed. He's not going to be signed as a backup quarterback. That's not what's going to happen. Because let's say, okay, let's say he went to Washington. That wouldn't happen. Ron Rivera has said, no, he doesn't want to get Cam Newton. But let's say he did, and he was behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. There is going to be a game this year where Ryan Fitzpatrick throws three, four interceptions or something like that. Cam Newton wears his emotions on his sleeve. I know I keep saying that. I feel like a broken record at this point, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, because he does that, because he wears all those eccentric clothes and because he's just kind of out there as a person and, and has a big personality, people love him. <laughs> people love I get why fans love him. I completely understand that. But think about what that does if Fitzpatrick throws three, four interceptions in a game. 
all the fans, all the media, oh my God, Cam Newton needs to be in. Why are you you're keeping Ryan Fitzpatrick out there? I can't believe it. The media and all the fans would go absolutely insane. I get why the fans love him. I get why the media loves him. It's because of his personality. But GMs, head coaches, they're not fooled by personality. If you're too arrogant, if you're too cocky, if you wear those eccentric clothes all the time, they can tell that you have kind of too high of highs and too low of lows. Remember last year when the Browns, they beat the Bengals and it was a close game. And I'm like, it's the Bengals. Like, why are you this high? Like, they're t- we're the best team in the league. You beat the Bengals. Like, what? It makes no sense. And they were so high on themselves that I was like, the Raiders are going to destroy him next week. The Raiders destroyed him the next week. You can't have these two high highs and two low lows. When you when you win a game and you're like, yeah, I can, best, we're the best team in the league. Oh, my God, we're amazing then you're not going to try as hard as practice because you're the best in the league. At least you think you are. And then imagine if you lose and now you're all depressed. Oh, we're the worst team in the league. You think that helps? No. That's why all these quarterbacks have to stay even keel. That's what a leader does. That's why Dak Prescott is still a quarterback for the Cowboys. Think about it. A few years back, he lost an awful game to the Eagles that would have probably gotten them to the playoffs. In fact, I think that game would have gotten them to the playoffs. But he played a terrible game. Do you think they'd really keep Dak after that if he was obnoxious and arrogant? No. No, they wouldn't. Not only that, but Cam, you're on the team with head coach that's the most no-nonsense head coach I can possibly think of in Bill Belichick. I mean, come on. Like, what did you expect? I don't know, man. I, I just think that – I think ultimately this is where the big problem comes with Cam Newton. He's not self-aware enough. Right? I don't think he's self-aware enough. He mentioned that – He's not the worst out of 32 NFL quarterbacks in, well, okay. I was about to say in the league, but yeah, NFL quarterbacks. And okay, I actually agree with that. But that's also telling me that, okay, so he probably thinks of himself higher than I think a lot of people in the media. Well, I shouldn't say in the media, but a lot of people like me think of him as. I don't think he's particularly great quarterback. I think he's a backup quarterback now. I think that's what he is. I don't think he thinks of himself that way, but he'd be okay if he was a backup quarterback. He did mention that. I, I do want to say that. He he said he would be okay if he was the backup behind Mac Jones, and I can respect that. All right, I can respect that decision. But I think, honestly, he thinks that he can still be a starting quarterback, which I disagree with. I don't think he can. I think he's now a career backup. And that's okay. That's fine. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying I wish he was a little bit more self-aware about it. And when when you're not self-aware, these things like these, oh, well, it's my aura and, 
And yeah, it's just who I am. And that's why I was released from the Patriots and, and all that kind of stuff. Then like you, you think about that and you get even more depressed because you're like, well, why was I even kicked out? Oh my God, I can't believe. You got to calm down a little. Think about what's going on here. Why were you released? I, I feel like he's not thinking about why he was released. I feel like he was he's more just complaining about being released. If you're released by Bill Belichick, there's probably a good reason for you being released. You know what I mean? This is something I see everywhere nowadays. No one wants to blame themselves. It's unbelievable. There, There's a few people that I've met. All right. Not going to name names. Not going to name names. But every single server, every single just person that, that's trying to help them somewhere or something, every single one is just awful. Oh, ter- terrible. They don't even know what they're doing. And I'm like, so every single servers like that, every single uh, person that works at a museum is like that. Hmm. Maybe it's not them. You ever think about that? Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's you. Cam Newton, you were released by Bill Belichick. What does that tell you? There's something that you do that's maybe a little wrong. And it's okay. It's okay to admit it. There's a difference between having confidence and being self-aware. You can be self-aware while being confident in yourself. Mahomes just came out the past couple weeks and said that, hey, I talk with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and all these great quarterbacks. Like we talk to each other and try to figure out ways to beat defenses and stuff. Like that's what we do. You know, I need help as much as anyone else. It's okay to admit that. I feel like Cam Newton is just very independent. He wants to do his own thing. And that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But it's not okay if you want to get a job in the NFL. It's not going to get you a job, man. If you want to wear these fancy clothes and be independent and and not ask questions and and build your build up your skill level, then no one's going to want you. <laughs> is is that so shocking to think of? I don't really think that Cam Newton defines himself with football. And that's fine. I just don't think that he should be wanting a job then. You know what I mean? Like if that's the case, if if you don't want to be defined by football and if you're you're more into dressing up and and doing all that kind of stuff, then don't play football. You know? It's fine. It's okay. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just you shouldn't be saying these things like, oh, it's just who I am. Well, GMs might not want that. Maybe that's why Bill Belichick released you because most GMs don't really want that. It's okay. It's okay. You know, some people absolutely hate me. All right. I mentioned that, that, you know, the joke that I mentioned to that kid did not understand it at all. Some people don't like me. Some people just don't understand my humor. Yes, 100%. I totally get that. And that's fine that people don't like me. No one likes everyone. That's how it works. That's how society works. It's just... If you're trying to get general managers to like you, the last thing you should have said is, 
oh, well, I'm just a big personality. And yeah, I am. I admit, like, I am kind of obnoxious in the locker room and stuff. Like, that's not going to get you hired. So, I don't know. That That's just my problem with Cam right now. And the whole vaccine stuff, too, that just shows that he's even more, he's even less self-aware, too. So, I don't know. That That's just what I see with Cam Newton. I know I've kind of bashed in the past few weeks, but I just don't like what I'm seeing with him right now, unfortunately. But, yeah. Anyway, that's that's the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. So I'm thinking of finding another podcast to do on guided geography other than the big podcast because I've been going in and doing some other projects like the GeoGuessr maps that I've been making and all that kind of stuff. Plus, I've been, I'm going to work more with the Bucks team store now. So I think the big podcast on the entire U.S., I'm still going to do it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm still definitely going to do it, but it's just not going to be for a little while. So I'm thinking of doing on my other channel, Guided Geography with Eric Gibson, also available on any place you get your podcasts if you want to check it out. I talk mainly about North American geography, specifically about the U.S., a little bit Caribbean there too. I typically talk about places I've been. I don't like to talk about places I haven't been, but I've been kind of coming up with some ideas in my head, like maybe like the top 10 most diverse states or, or, or something about Florida, talking about like uh, the don'ts of Florida or, or basically if you're going to move here or visit here, what you should and shouldn't be afraid of or, or something along those lines. I'm just kind of thinking, just have some thoughts in my head on it. So yeah, those should be out fairly soon. We'll see. I'm not sure the exact date at this point. Again, kind of a lot going on now. So yeah, take that with a pinch of salt. The other thing too, though, is that I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to get a podcast out here either. It might not be until Tuesday, even maybe later than that. I work after class on Monday to 5 o'clock. So I'm, that podcast after Sundays, oh my God, takes me absolutely forever. Seriously, like it takes me about seven hours to, to write it. Seriously. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it out at that point. But I'm going to try to even maybe start it on Sunday, start talking about the 1 o'clock games on Sunday, a few of them anyway, and then work on it a little bit on Monday, work on it a little bit on Tuesday, and hopefully I can have it out on Tuesday. I don't work on Tuesday. I do have class on Tuesday, though, but we'll see. We'll see when I can get it out. Just know that the schedule might be kind of skewered a little bit here uh, in the next coming weeks. But yeah. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for listening. This is Gibson Sports. I'm Eric Gibson, signing off.